Hello, and welcome to the PRN Nursing Education Show. This podcast is for everyone interested in listening to many lectures on specific content and discussions on various nursing and healthcare related topics. From nursing students, nurse educators, baby nurses to seasoned nurses, and everyone in between, this is the podcast made just for you. So channel your inner Florence Nightingale and get ready to learn. Nightingales, we are back and we are talking about our personality disorder types um, according to the DSM-5, the 10 personality type uh, disorders that we will see. And those are broken into three clusters, A, B, and C. So based on these characteristics, that will determine which cluster that they will fall into. Now, in terms of the usefulness of these uh, clusters, um, we don't necessarily see that in a chart somewhere, um, but in terms of learning and being able to group uh, certain personality types into these clusters, I think that that really helps kind of give us a general idea of some of the things that we would expect to see um, based on the different disorders. So let's start with cluster A. Um, Those are characterized by appearing odd or eccentric. So think about that. So odd and eccentric are cluster A. And when we talk about the disorders that are considered cluster A disorders, we're looking at the paranoid personality disorder, which is characterized by mistrust and suspicion. Then we're talking about the schizoid a personality disorder, which is uh, where that person would have a disinterest in others, period. Um, they have no interest in social interaction. And then we have the schizotypal personality disorder, which has eccentric ideas and behaviors. So it is important with that schizotypal personality type that we do not get that confused with a schizophrenia or one of the schizophrenia spectrum disorders. So that is a distinct personality disorder and it is not considered part of the schizophrenia spectrum disorders. So I just wanted to make that clear. Then we have cluster B. Cluster B, we are thinking that is that dramatic, emotional, erratic person. Um, So the disorders or the personality disorders that we will see that are considered cluster B are antisocial. So they have a disregard for others. We'll see um, them being prone to manipulation uh, for personal gain, deceitfulness, lying, um, you know, just an untrustworthy person. And they really do not necessarily care about the rights of others, the rights of others' uh, feelings or anything like that. So uh, just a side note with that antisocial personality disorder, we definitely do not see that something that is diagnosed in childhood. Um, That is something that is more likely to be diagnosed um, if as a child we'll see that they may have oppositional defiant disorder as a child. But typically you won't see an antisocial diagnosis 
in childhood. So I just wanted to make that side note. Then we have borderline personality disorder. So that's a, a feeling of emotional uh, dysregulation, uh, uh, emptiness, uh, unstable relationships is characterized by unstable relationships, erratic behavior. So, you know, we probably see that um, as a good example of Kanye West or Britney Spears, those, uh, those celebrity examples of, is it bipolar versus borderline personality disorder? And that's what we would have to distinguish between the two. What makes it borderline and what would make it a bipolar disorder? So that is where, um, that assessment, um, they would have to look at the clinical criteria for each of those to distinguish between the two. Then we have histrionic personality disorder and that's that in attention seeking uh, you know overly emotional dramatic person so we can think of you know a YouTube or TikTok or social influencer Instagram influencer those ones that are just you know doing things for the likes they are very much a, a attention seeking person and so we can see that how that can be um, a disruptive thing. Then we have the narcissistic personality disorder. So this is a feeling of self grandiosity, the need for admiration and a general lack of empathy. So I want to compare antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. So sometimes people get those confused about what the actual differences between those, um, I would say in general, your antisocial personality disorder is going to, to probably be the more serious of the two because they just have a general disregard for others. Um, they do not um, care about impeding the rights of others. Um, they know how to fake appropriate social behavior in a way, but they don't care necessarily about getting approval, external approval from others. So whatever makes them happy is going to be the way they're going to go compared to the narcissistic personality disorder that needs that attention. They need that external va validation. So we have to make sure that in both those cases, there is a lack of empathy there but in terms of what they need externally, in terms of validation, um, that would be uh, some of the major differences. Then we have cluster C. And that is that anxious or fearful personality types. So we'll see the avoidant personality type. So they avoid interpersonal contact, contact because they're scared of rejection. So they'll avoid establishing relationships at all. So they won't get hurt and they won't have to deal with any possible emotional harm or anything like that. So instead of establishing relationships, they avoid them. Then we have the dependent personality type, which is going to be that submissive personality. That's going to be that uh, personality that needs to be taken care of. They'll take on the identity 
of whoever they're dating, the interest that they're dating, the or whatever social group they're in. They need, again, external validation and also motivation to make decisions. They are not independent at all. And so these can be people that are more likely to be um, victimized in some ways or taken advantage of um, because they cling so much to that validation. So we can see how when we um, bring in the nature versus nurture aspects, you know, there are some things like if there's a certain personality trait that a parent has um, that sometimes some of these personality traits may be more reactionary to that dominant personality that they were growing up with. So we have to consider those things as well. And then we have the obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Now, again, we have to distinguish that between OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and then we have obsessive compulsive personality disorder. So OCD versus OCPD. So what makes obsessive compulsive personality disorder different? It is this sense of perfectionism, rigidity, obstinance, like they have to control the situation. Things have to go a certain way and that is it. So you can see how that can be difficult in relationships when it's being bossy to the extreme. They have to control the situation. Unlike the person with OCD that has to complete this ritualistic um, uh, patterns of behavior. They have to flip the light switch 10 times or they have to um, go and check to make sure they turned off the stove 10 times. They have to take 10 showers a day. Those are ritualistic behaviors that they have to complete to reduce their anxiety. That is not present in OCD. So we can say OCD is more of the obsessive compulsive personality disorder is more of the type A personality to an extreme um, in terms of their level of control. So when we talk about the DSM-5 criteria for all 10 of these disorders and within these three clusters, we're looking at primarily problems with their identity and their interpersonal functioning. So those are the two main areas that we're going to see, uh, you know, some type of dysfunction in. So their self-identity in terms of how they view themselves and how they believe others view them, and then in terms of their interaction with others, you know, at different levels of relationships, whether it be familial, romantic, professional, friendship-wise, we see some dysfunction in that um, in those interpersonal relationship. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when we're talking about self-identity problems, you know, this may manifest as an unstable self-image. So they can see themselves as the greatest thing in the world. So who does that sound like? That sounds like, you know, probably our narcissistic personality disorder, right? Or they can think that they have no value at all and that, you know, unless they are validated by someone else, then 
you know, they don't really exist. They don't see themselves existing outside of the view of someone else. So that would sound more like the dependent personality. So we can see how there may be some inconsistencies in terms of their values and goals and appearance because they need to be viewed a certain way by an external source of validation, so to speak. Then we have those interpersonal functioning issues. So we kind of see that where they are failing to be able to develop or sustain close relationships, or they may not feel the need to establish those relationships. So are they avoiding establishing those relationships because of fear or are they not establishing those relationships just because they don't see the value in it? So that's where we can look. What is the difference between the avoidant? That is somebody that is avoiding those relationships because of fear versus say an antisocial that they may not be establishing the relationships because they don't see in the, uh, the value in it. So, you know, they're not able to empathize with others. They don't really care about others' feelings. So those are two different aspects of the coin um, as far as that goes. So we have to keep those two things in mind. What are the differences with that? Their self-identity and their relationships with others. So when we see people with personality disorders, um, you know, it can be very frustrating uh, in the clinical setting. Um, you know, there'll be issues with boundaries quite often um, between their, what they see as their rights and what is due to them versus what everybody else needs and deserves as individuals as well. So it's hard for them to empathize and understand that, you know, they aren't necessarily the center of attention, whether that be in a dependent sense or in a narcissistic sense. It's hard it's hard for them to not have their needs addressed on their terms. Um so that is why it's really important because we are dealing with their overall levels of self-esteem, which can be extremely high or extremely low. And in both cases, if you have someone with extremely high self-esteem, then they absolutely don't understand when you say that you can't do something right now for them, then that's a problem. But then on the other side, if somebody has a really low self-esteem, well, they don't want to do that for me right now because I'm not important and I don't I don't have value and so that's why they're not doing it for me so you can see how on either side of that spectrum how it is a fine line to walk um, before we are triggering possibly some sort of behavior that could be an issue so when we are talking about these disorders and dealing with this inconsistent or over emotional or detached type of uh, personalities, we can see how this erratic behaviors can cause problems in their relationships. So we can see problems with their significant others in terms of their spouses or loved ones. 
um, with their children. You know, maybe they are estranged from family members because of some of these personality disorders. Maybe it has impacted them professionally um, because um, they aren't able to function appropriately. So that, again, is where this goes beyond just a personality trait. It has become pathological and it has become an issue that is um, they have these maladaptive behaviors that need to be addressed but they are not necessarily going to see the problem within themselves they don't recognize it as a problem within themselves so they are going to externalize that in some way that it's they're not necessarily the problem it's other people that are the problem so we're not going to see again an emergent situation necessarily with a personality disorder unless we're talking about possibly a borderline personality disorder that may be uh, doing some things to draw attention so you know uh, expressing suicidal ideation could be one of them and we have to be careful that we can't be dismissive of that because this person has basically cried wolf multiple times before so we're going to ignore it and not take it seriously but we have to understand the more somebody has a suicide attempt even if the intention is not to complete suicide the more attempts you have the more likely you will complete suicide so we have to be very careful with that in terms of addressing it so with that, we're going to stop it right there in terms of our overview. Remember, we have 10 personality disorder types and we have three clusters that we are dealing with. So, and we are looking at dysfunction or problems in two areas. And that is identity, self-identity and interpersonal functioning. So just kind of break it down that 10 personality disorders, three clusters, and we're looking at two areas of dysfunction. Okay, so we will end it there and then we will come back and talking about the uh, diagnosis and treatment um, and what type of interventions we will see um, that are most effective with the various personality disorders. So hope to see you back for our next part of our personality disorder series. Take care and I hope to see you in the classroom. Bye-bye. The PRN Nursing Education Podcast is hosted by me, Professor Blue. You can email me at prnnursingeducation at gmail.com. Again, that is prnnursingeducation at gmail.com with any questions or topic requests. We are working on setting up all our social media, so check the show notes for where you can find even more great content from our show. Find the PRN Nursing Education Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Look forward to seeing you in the classroom.